Wednesday, everyone. This is all-star panel number three. So if you caught the first two, then you know how this is going to flow. If you haven't, shame on you. After this one, make sure you go back and watch the first two panels. It'll be an hour of your life that you will be glad that you took the time and you listened to it. So how these work is I bring back six of my former guests, you know, who are all have similar similar paths, you know, maybe different industries, but the paths are very, very similar. And we pick a topic and we discuss roundtable style about that topic. So this week with Thanksgiving being next week, we're going to talk about gratitude and not just gratitude, but having gratitude when life is tough, right? Because it's very easy when everything is flowing to have gratitude. But when life is tough, that's when you really have to deep down, dig down deep within you to, to find out what that is. And so now I'm more than likely going to get emotional as I do this, but today is the, and I have my, I have my shut up and grind mask ready to wipe my tears, is the two year anniversary of the passing of my father. And here we go already. Damn it. I was trying to get through this without, right? So I had that man for 45 years, right? 45 years that I had him. And so when I, when I look back with, with a gratitude part comes in is that not everyone can say that. You know, there are people that never knew their, their father. There's people where their father just abandoned them or walked out of their, out of their life. And they didn't have those moments that myself and my siblings and my mom were able to have with him. Like he and my mom were married over 50 years. They were, they were together over 50 years. Like that's insane. And he was there for everything, like absolutely everything, whether it was chorus, whether it was band, whether it was track meets, basketball games, field hockey games. Like he, he was always there. If you needed anything, he was there. Like he quit a job once because they wouldn't give him the time off to come to New Hampshire to see me in, in my track meet. And like he left his job. I'll never forget. We were sitting at a TGI Fridays. It was my mom, a couple of my, my siblings. And he walks in the restaurant like <laughs> with his work shirt on. We're like, how, how are you here? And he's like, you know, no one's going to keep me from seeing my children. And that's the type of man that he was. And so it's, although do I miss him in person? Yes, but he's always going to be here in spirit for the way that he touched our lives. And that's something that I will forever be grateful for. And I prepared just a little little uh, slideshow. Because, you know, I usually play my, my intro video, but I made one of him that's roughly the same length. All right, so here it is. So the next minute and 20 is dedicated to you, Dad.
me tell you, I miss that man's smile. So if you could see in those in those pictures, like his, his smile was just so so infectious. And what didn't show up on that on that very last slide? Now he was an engineer, loved to build stuff, was constantly building stuff. So on that very last slide that showed his memorial, because it got it got cut off with the program, I wrote in there, "Rest in peace, Dad," and stop telling the angels how to build shit. <laughs> because that was his thing. He would walk into a Home Depot. He'd look at the structure. He'd walk into any building and just pick apart the way this thing was put was put together. And so we know in his afterlife, he's doing the exact same thing. So, Dad, again, thank you for everything. 45 years, said you've been my coach, my mentor, my friend. And just, just thank you for absolutely everything. And now, look, George is in. All right. All right. So we're going to get started. So we are going to start with Andrew Cap. So now he's been on the show three different times. Well, sorry, this will be his third time. And he's the author of the last Law of Attraction book that you will ever need to read. So he's going to get us started. Just not yet, though, but I'm going to bring him in. So here's Andrew Cap Coming back as an oldie but a goodie. And no, I'm not calling you old, Brandy. But Brandy was on like a year ago or so. So right when I was still getting my feet wet, I don't even think I had this background yet. And so I brought her, her back on so we can get reacquainted with her and she can dazzle you with her knowledge and that personality. So here's Brandy. We got Sylvester. He was just on a couple weeks ago, but he did such a great job. I had to get him on an all-star panel. So we got Sylvester Jenkins is joining us. We have a musician of, sorry, writer of, of a song called Rachel's Song. And I played, I don't think I played the entire song, but I played a clip of it when he, when he was on his show. And I met him. I was on a media panel, and I got put into a breakout room a little bit early while he was in the middle of his pitch. And before he even finished his pitch, I was like, he's on my show. It's like, I didn't even need the rest of the pitch because he's got that level of energy. So we're going to bring in Dave Combs. And then we have George Milton also join, joining the show. He's going to bring just a whole different level of energy, knowledge, and, and his expertise to, to the panel. And this is George Milton. What's up, George? All right. And so I'm going to have one more. I'm hoping she's able to jump on. And if not... Then, and my sister's on. Hi, hi Monique. Yeah, and so we're going to get started with, with Andrew. So, so again, so this is all about um, everybody mute if you're not muted, please. And uh, we're going to talk about gratitude. So, and and what, why don't you guys each just share a moment where life is throwing you lemons, but you were able to find teachable moments in that. All right, so Andrew, set us off. Yeah, well, you know, for me, the, the thing that stands out the most, I obviously, you know, you see the thing behind me. I'm, I'm all about law of attraction, which I learned about in 2004. And for me, it was it was a very hit and miss type of thing. I used to think it was very unreliable. Turns out I was the one who was unreliable. And that came to light more than anything else in 2008, where I hit a pretty hard wall, <clears throat> where I basically lost my business and my girlfriend of three years all within the same week. And, you know, was, my life wasn't together. And it was something where I basically hear the toughest of times because it felt like 90% of my life just vanished in like three days. And I had to look in the mirror and say, like, what am I doing here? What's going on? And I had this very interesting moment of like an epiphany and simultaneously like a moment of indignation of something's got to change. And hey, in all this stuff I've been trying to do these past couple of years to get my life together, I noticed that law of attraction thing and gratitude in particular 
it had an impact when I started it and didn't stop. I kept stopping. So I basically, I made this vow to myself, I'm going to stop stopping. I'm going to go all in. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is simply five or 10 minutes max a day of gratitude methods, visualization methods, scripting, things of that nature. So it was really something where it was more like where gratitude came in. It was almost like a strategic response in recognition that life was not fun up to that point. And this seemed like the most sensible thing to try. And it was very interesting because I found ways of just being grateful in the moment, despite everything going on, despite the heartache, despite everything else. And it was kind of like a movie because like within, once I made that decision, everything changed. Within two weeks, I felt better. Not 100%, but way better than someone who should be feeling with a broken heart. Within three months, I'm in a brand new, way better, <laughs> way more connected relationship. Within four months, I'm making more money than any point in my life before then. And within six months, everything is different. I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm waking up happy and fulfilled. I have a momentum of gratitude. And I basically learned the hard way that this thing, law of attraction, gratitude, everything being molded together, it works when you work it. It works when you're willing yes. to say, there's, there's always something to be grateful for, even in the face of difficulty, even in the face of hardship. What happens if I choose to focus on that for just a few minutes a day and see, see where things take me? That, that to me is the, my most shining example of the power of gratitude. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Awesome. Great story. I see my mom is on. Mom, you just missed my memorial to dad. So you'll have to, you'll have to go, go back and watch the beginning. Actually, don't because it'll make you cry. <laughs> All right. So next up, we're going to go to Dave Combs. Hey, unmute. Okay. Well, thank you, Robert. It's uh, great to be here. And by the way, that was the most wonderful, touching tribute to your dad. And I want to tell you, your dad's smile still lives. It lives on your face. Uh, I think we you. all can see your dad's smile coming at us right through you. Wonderful. Thank you. Appreciate that. Well, let me tell you a gratitude story from my background. I grew up in East Tennessee in a very poor part of the country in uh, Unicoi County. Uh, the whole county didn't have but 13,000 people and there were tobacco farmers and factory workers and that kind of thing. Nobody really had much wealth to speak of. And so I graduated. Let me take you back to my graduation year in 1965 when I graduated from high school. <clears throat> East Tennessee State University is only about 15 miles away in Johnson City, and that was where I wanted to go to school. But my family didn't have the savings and money to basically send me to college and have that paid for. And so here I am on graduation night on a warm uh, Saturday evening in the football field at, in Unicoi County, sitting there at graduation. We go through the entire graduation ceremony, and of course, I'm I'm amazed by all the, just grateful that I'm there to, to graduate from high school. And I'd done really well. I think I graduated number five in my class or whatever. And we got to the end of the, the graduation ceremony. And the last thing to happen was the principal, Mr. Leonard Gallimore, was to announce the awards for the people who had won various scholarships and that kind of thing. So he was reading those that were on the back of the program. And I, you know, there was a, about 10 or 12 of them there, but my, my, uh, my name wasn't part of the list. Um, so I was sitting there, of course, listening to everybody else and he finishes the list. And then he says, <clears throat> he clears his throat and he says, well, 
I have one more that's to announce that's not on the program. And so he says the Irwin, uh, Irwin, Tennessee is where I was born. The Irwin Kiwanis Club has decided to award their college scholarship to David Combs. Well, I couldn't, I thought maybe I was, didn't hear what I heard. So I was in shock. I, I didn't know anything about this. And so when I stood up to be recognized for the scholarship, of course, everybody applauded. And I looked over on the, to the bleachers where my mom and my brother were sitting and I could see this big smile of probably relief on my mom's face of that. Finally, the way of paying for my going to college had just been presented itself to me. And I did not at that time understand where it came from. I had no inkling of why, how they decided to pick me. I did not know. And you won't believe this, but this last year, many of you may have been doing the same thing. We were going back through boxes of old stuff, trying to clean out things and going through things and deciding what to throw away. Well, I ran across this piece of paper that had this scholarship and it was a loan. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, a gift scholarship. I had to pay it back, but it was for $800 and it was a loan. And I noticed on the scholarship loan, it was signed by Mr. Edward Hammer. Well, Ed Hammer was a member of my church. He was a member of the choir and I had, I was a member of the choir as well. And he and his wife, uh, Lucille had no children, but he belonged to the Qantas club. And I think at the time he was probably president. And so it, here we are 55 years later, it dawns on me how this came to be. And this was by this very humble member of my church who had, he, who, wanted no recognition for doing any of this, that I'm sure that he and Lucille orchestrated this scholarship in, to be given to me because for the first time I could see how I could go to college and have part of it at least paid for. And so that's my gratitude story that, and I would give anything because they're both passed away now to go back and give them a big hug and say, thank you for your generosity. And I know you didn't want any recognition, but in my mind, I thank you so much. So that's, that's from my heart, a, a really deep gratitude story. And it really got me started on a path that led to where I am today. I love it. And that goes hand in hand with what Andrew was saying as well. So that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Mr. Milton, you are up. Oh, wow. Robert, hey, look here, man. It's bouncing around on this camera. I tried to get on my laptop. It's just all messed up. So um, <laughs> I had to sign in on my phone. So, hey, let me start off by saying, Robert, thank you so much for an amazing opportunity to, to be able to, to visit today. Fellow panelists, man, great opportunity to, to meet and greet you guys and hopefully, you know, learn something from this, uh, uh, you know, from this, this podcast. I'm loving the stories I've heard so far. So it's really amazing. But Robert, as you and I have actually visited in the past, my whole uh, messaging branding is uh, I'm the failure coach, right? So I'm the guy that likes to make failure fun. You know, failure is one of those things that most people don't even want to deal with, let alone understand. So, you know, uh, when I'm talking to folks, I often say that, you know, your attitude will determine your altitude. In the same way, I believe that your attitude determines your gratitude, right? So, uh, so gratitude story, dude, I've got multiple stories, but I'll try to share this one here real quickly is that the whole reason that, um, I talk about failure from a positive perspective in terms of changing your mindset, to see failure as good as opposed to bad was simply because of an experience I had while I was in basic training, you know, prior to basic training, I had tons of failure, tons of failure, failed to kindergarten, failed to first grade, failed virtually every grade thereafter, failed out of six colleges and universities. That's how I ended up in the army. 
And people say, well, how did you fail out of six colleges and universities? Well, I don't know, but I managed, right? So I get into basic training, had a major failure at the weapons qualification range. I go back to the dorm at night, and I'm moping around uh, the dorm, and uh, a guy by the name of Sergeant First Class George Gaither comes to me, and he says, Private Milton, what's the problem here? And I shared the experiences I'd had throughout my life of failure. You know, coming in the Army, it's supposed to be all about being successful. Well, he says to me, he says, look, son, failure is not the problem. It's how you respond to that failure. That's what's really the issue at hand, right? So from that day forward to this day present, I began to see failure in a whole different perspective, right? So had it not been for George Gaither, so in first class, one each, who went on to make first one, by the way, I would have never, ever come to understand and to see failure as the greatest resource that we all have on the planet. So it wasn't really ever about the failure, right? It was about how I and we respond to failure, even to this day. So I've gone on and became reasonably successful, Robert, to, uh, I mean, going on from what, failing out of six colleges, earning four degrees, two masters, 17 hours toward a doctor, a full Burke colonel, Right, traveled the world extensively. Kind of successful, kind of. Yeah, just, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get there. Right? And, uh, yeah, wrote my first book uh, last year. I was doing really well. I just completed an anthology with some folks and, be, and have started my second solo book. But I have a huge, huge admiration and gratitude toward uh, Sergeant First Class George Gaither because he propelled me from where I was to where I am today you know, in terms of changing my mindset to see failure as good and not bad. Thanks, Robert. Love it. And thank you for your service, sir. Uh, thank you, sir. And we're going to another veteran, Sylvester Jenkins, the third. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Robert. And uh, so many phenomenal stories this far, man. I don't know how I can top anything that was brought to the table so far, uh, but Thank you, everybody, for sharing every one of your stories with Tetting in a moment. Uh, for me, as far as gratitude, everybody under, uh, everybody remembers what happened on March 2020, right? So it was a significant moment for me outside of just the pandemic happening. I was transitioning from the military after 21 years of service. And with everything that was going on, when I transitioned from the military, you know, jobs were scarce. Nobody knew exactly what to do. Everybody was panicking all across the globe. And my wife, who was currently employed at the time as a mental health associate, uh, she went from getting her hours reduced to eventually getting relieved from her job. So neither one of us are employed. Um, the retirement payment just can pay for everything going on. So I faced financial hardship. And just dealing with everything that I was diagnosed with, PTSD, anxiety, and depression. So you can just imagine the state that I was in during that time frame. So while we was in quarantine, it gave me an opportunity to reflect on everything that I experienced, had. It gave me an opportunity to really figure out who I was because I was no longer First Sergeant Jenkins. I was now Sylvester Jenkins. So it gave me an opportunity to really figure out who I was. And then at the same time, I got the opportunity to really be with my family. I went on five deployments, four to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. So I had constantly been separated from them. So for me to have the opportunity to really invest in my kids, to really develop a relationship with my wife and constantly grow in the area what need to be uh, developed in as far as me as a civilian, as a person, as a husband, as a father, 
I was very grateful for that opportunity. So what I realized in going through all those things that having an attitude of gratitude increased my fortitude. It made me want to do more. It made me realize that 2020 wasn't the year of getting what you wanted. It was the year of actually appreciating what you had. So that's my story of gratitude. And that's uh, pretty much what I got to say. Love it. You can just end that with, with a period. <laughs> that was good stuff. All right. Bring it home. Round number one is Brandy. Thank you so much, Robert. And gosh, thank, thank you all for sharing your amazing stories. I just, I mean, I'm filled with gratitude just listening and a deep appreciation um, because it really does kind of lift you up when you hear somebody's success story and how they overcame something, right? Um, so pers my personal story is, you know, I was really, I, from the get-go, you know, I was kind of brought into a, a poor family and my parents kind of struggled with drug and alcohol addiction. And I was a really angry, rebellious teenager. Um, so for me, gratitude was like, there was not kind of any any understanding or you know because whenever whenever you're in a situation where you have a lot of emotion connected to your situation your circumstance uh there's shame there's blame there's unforgiveness there's anger gratitude is not even something you can grasp at it's just not even a concept so before I could even step into that emotion or that feeling, I really had to let go of all of those emotions that were barriers to my gratitude. And once I did, so many things opened up. And not only did I start to feel gratitude for my family, just anything, right? My family, my circumstance, just being alive. You know, for some of us, being alive is a triumph. Right. When you start at the bottom, there's only one direction to go go to. And that's up. Right. Yep. So personally, like I, you know, the gratitude journey for me was more about letting go of what was in the way of my gratitude. Once that happened, even my family changed. Right. So even my family started to get into recovery. Things started to change. And it was it, I, I call it the ripple effect. You know, there's everything's made of vibrations and frequencies. And so once you shift your own vibrational frequency, everything around you starts to move and change. And that is such a beautiful thing. And all it takes is that choice, that decision, that one move on the chessboard to say, ah, I think I'm going to go in a different direction. Right. So that's I'm, I'm grateful every single day, every single moment for everything that I, that I have now versus what I didn't have before. So thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate you listening awesome. and taking the time. Great story. See, and that's where I wanted Katie, because you and Katie speak the same language. She's all about energy, frequency. But her, her publicist emailed me. She, she's working on, on a major TV show right now. And I guess... Uh, her, her need was urgent, so she, she's not going to be able to join us. It sucks, because like I said, you guys all would have bounced very well off of each other. But that's all right. The six of us are going to rock it, damn it. Move onward and upward, and we'll get her in on the next one. All right, so the tie-in from what everyone else said, you know, so I, I don't want pe people to, to – some people use gratitude as an excuse, as an excuse to not move forward. Right. And that's just one thing that I want to clarify. And people say, oh, you know, I have enough. I'm thankful. For, I'm thankful for what I have. Oh, yeah. But are you fulfilled? 
You know, it's like, are you fulfilled? Because if you're not fulfilled, then you then you're really not appreciating everything that that you have. You know what I mean? That makes sense, right? So it's like, okay, yes, I like my house, I like my car, I like I like what I do, but I want to be making more of an impact. So it's like, yeah, it's like I'm satisfied, I'm sort of fulfilled, but I'm not fully fulfilled. You know, like there are other things out there that I need to do, and so we go back to my knee injury, you know, where I hurt myself, you know, I, I was told I would never run a jump again. I rehabbed, I was able to, to run again, started playing some sports again, but I got hurt doing a high jump. And I was like, you know what, like this whole, this whole setback to comeback thing isn't complete until I high jump again. You know so Cause if, if I don't get back out there, then the injury wins. I was like, and, and I can't let that happen. But then you have the other voice that says, but what if you do it and you hurt it worse? See, and then people get stuck in that middle part right there. And so it's like, all right, do I go for it? Like, do I not go for it? And I always say there's a fine line between badass and dumbass, right? There is a very, very fine line. And that's that's where courage comes into play, right? So gratitude Paired with courage equals you reaching whatever your goal is. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a comeback. And so it was the 2016 transplant game. So where transplant donors, transplant recipients, and deceased donor families come together in an Olympic-style competition. And so I was like, you know what? That's going to be my my comeback story right there. And for, for the high jump, I didn't, I didn't have any any real goals. I said, I just need to get out there, just make opening height, and then the comeback is complete. And I ended up winning. Like, I wasn't planning on winning, but I ended up winning. Like, not even in my age bracket. I was in a 40 to 44 age bracket. I beat everybody. (laughs) I beat everybody. So what did that do for my confidence? It shot it right through, through the roof. And so now we're into 2021. I haven't lost since I got back on the track. It's like I haven't lost. But if I wasn't, if I wasn't ready to face that fear, that whole what if, it would have never come full circle. Because think about it, that totally completes the story. So if I go and I speak at at some place where people are recovering from from injuries, now I can paint the entire picture. It'll be one thing if I got hurt and now I can never do do it again. That that's not inspirational. But in order to, to be able to tell that story, I had to get out there and face the fear, you know? So as we're moving into this second round, well, I want to talk about a time, and you, you, can expand, you can expand on something you mentioned in the first round, but just of when you had to face the fear, but you found the courage to do it anyway, and then what was that outcome? So, Andrew, you're up. Yeah, well... So the, th- the interesting thing is in answering that question, I've done that in so many instances, it's hard to even pinpoint one. And I, I think it's it's really important, even beyond the description of what I did or what anyone does, is to understand what's going on in the background, because <laughs> you just spoke about a fine line. You're walking a tightrope, because it's very easy to be grateful and then <laughs> not even realize you're, there's a fear of actually trying something. because And people are scared for many reasons. They're scared because... If they don't try, they can always tell themselves, well, if I really did, I can get it. But there's a fear in trying and failing and having to face that reality. And I think, you know, a key of it is being willing to to say, listen, 
I'm, and again, obviously I talk in the context of law of attraction, the universe, my attitude when I'm trying something and my attitude when I'm engaging in gratitude methods and processes, visualization, things of that nature is I have an open-ended invitation for the universe to pleasantly surprise me. And simultaneously, I have the understanding that it might not be the universe, you know, spoon feeding a person or circumstance. It might give me an inspired idea and then it's on me to take physical action in this tangible reality. So, yes. and, and like, again, nothing is popping into mind. I mean, I would say this, writing my book, so I'm hesitant to say that because now it's just like I'm, I'm plugging my book, but I will say this. It's got a very bold title, The Last Law of Attraction Book You'll Ever Need to Read. When you've got not even hundreds, but literally like a thousand books about law of attraction, to put a title out like that is a very ambitious endeavor, but I didn't want to I didn't want to just write another book and then have it out there. Like if I was going to write a book in this market, it had to say something new and hopefully it had to shift paradigms where other ones weren't before. So in terms of facing fear, I had to be saying, listen, I've got to somehow meet this promise because if not, I'll get killed in reviews and I've got to be willing to put myself out there. And um, the only thing I can say is I had the attitude of anything's possible. I'm giving my all because I know when I give my all, that's when good things happen. That's when results that you want come faster versus trying to force them. And that's when they happen better than you ever could have imagined. So I'm hoping that that kind of serves as a, a really useful answer. It's all about being willing to go out there and being grateful no matter what happens. Love it. Uh, who's next? Dave, you're up. Well, uh, in terms of gratitude, part of it, we, we're all talking about a lot of gratitude for things that were given to us. And I think for me, at least at this stage in my life, part of my gratitude has to be, all right, how am I going to give back? You know, how am I going to take the blessings I've been blessed with and find ways to then spread that around and bless other people? And I have done that for many years, hopefully. Uh, well, I know I have through my music because of the wonderful feedback I've gotten. There are people that don't even know me, don't know anything about me, but write me letters or notes that say how much my music has touched their life. And that's the title of my book, Touched by the Music. But it came from all of those. But in terms of giving back, whether it's financially, whether establishing scholarships at universities, which my wife and I have been blessed to do to two or three uh, endowed scholarships, and to, or to just basically when somebody calls with a, a need for something, I send them a book. I, and how much do I owe you? You don't owe me a thing. Just I send them the book or whatever. But uh, or if it's somebody in need, my wife has a book on Alzheimer's. Well, I sent one today to a family who's dealing with Alzheimer's and it was, it was written and we published the book just for that purpose. So I think part of our journey has to be about acknowledging the gifts that we're given and be grateful for them, but also to be willing to spread that gratitude to other people through every person that you meet, whether it's just an, a, a chance encounter on somebody at the grocery store or at the, at the counter at the fast food place or whatever, make a new friend. And lo and behold, I, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of what I call God winks where somebody walked into mm -hmm. my life and it could not have been an accident because they ended up, we ended up having a really great relationship as a friend or a colleague or whatever. And so just be open to, sharing your gratitude and as well as being receiving it. So I think those two things go hand in hand. All right. Give me a quick answer. How surreal is it that you went from not not being able to afford college to now being able to give out scholarships? 
to other people? Well, it really is. It's very, I get quite emotional thinking about it sometimes because there were so many people along that way that they had no idea of their impact on my life. And in fact, I acknowledged one of those people in one of our scholarships. He was, his name is Stan Johnson and Elizabeth and lives in Elizabethan, Tennessee. He was my math teacher and my boss actually when I worked in the computer center. And his impact on my life was so great that I wanted to honor him and acknowledge the, the contribution that he made to my life. So I, I put a, a large part of our description of our uh, endowed scholarship to him. And uh, he was very touched by that act on my part. He's 90 some years old now, but still a wonderful person and a dear friend. But uh, it's it's kind of surreal to realize when I look back, you know, we we had powdered milk to drink. I don't know any of you have ever had that, but we couldn't yep. even afford real milk. <laughs> you know, and I went up and worked in the chicken house up the street so we could I could bring eggs and, and chickens home to eat. So, you know, when you come from that kind of a background, hopefully you'll never forget where you came from and be able to give back not only to that community, but to anybody that you come across in your life. Love it, Dave. That's awesome. All right, George, you're up. Oh, oh, powerful stories, guys. Hey, look, my internet keeps dropping in and out. I'm not really sure why, but I'm going to go ahead and try to uh, see this real quickly before it drops off again. But let me start by saying, hey, Sylvester, thank you for your service to our nation, man. Well done on your behalf of your family or house feed. I'll salute you. Yeah, look, let me talk about failure for a moment. Remember, I'm the failure coach, right? So failure has got to be fun. We need to learn how to make it fun, guys. I mean, failure is just as much fun as it is success if you change that mindset. So let's talk about changing a mindset when it comes to, to fear of failure. See, most people have been taught what? Oh, they fear of failure. Here's what I think. Throughout my research and throughout my life and throughout the times and the things that I'm trying to do here, here's what I believe, right? I don't think people feel failure at all. And why do I say that? Because they know that they're not going to always accomplish everything by which they do, right? So what has actually happened, though, they've heard that they're supposed to fear failure. So therefore, they say, what? I fear failure. Here's what I think is actually happening. It's not the failure that they fear, but the stigma associated with the failure. That's what they're really afraid of, isn't it? Because when you fail... Now, now you have this stigma associated with us that says, what, you're not any good. You're not worth this. You're not worth that. You'll never be whatever. You come from a poor environment, so therefore you should be. No, I, look, I tell you, I, I identify with you, sir, quite intensely. Same type of background, right? East rural Texas. Yeah, I know what powdered milk is. You better believe I do. So a lot of the kinds of things that, uh, that we're shown and that we see is that we expect for ourselves uh, you know, to think that way because it's just an expectation. So oftentimes people will say that they fear failure. And if they really thought about it, I really think it's the stigma associated with it. And in the Army, we have all of these acronyms, in the military in general, right? So I came up with this, this acronym regarding the, uh, the stigma piece. And it's, really, it's simply this, right? It's shameful thoughts I give myself anxiously. That's what stigma is, isn't it? Shameful thoughts I give myself anxiously. So when people go out and they fail, right? It's really the stigma. So we really need to change our mindsets to see you know, the failure that we experience as that, man, that awesome opportunity to get better, to get stronger, to learn from those past experiences, to move from where we are to where we're supposed to be. Robert, you and I both are high jumpers, right? So I totally identify with who, uh, you know, with what you're saying. How many times have we gone and attempted the bar, right? And wonder whether or not we're gonna actually get over. 
interesting enough is that oftentimes we say what we're fearful of going and not accomplishing that task and if we really think about it it's really it's really not the fear of jumping otherwise we wouldn't jump at all but we're worried about whether or not we clear that bar right if we clear the bar then who up great stuff <laughs> if we don't clear the bar now we're worried about the stigma associated with not clearing the bar so it's really the stigma not necessarily the fear of failure thanks Robert. Love it. Awesome. All right. So, Bester. Uh, absolutely. Thank you for your service as well, George. Uh, for me, I go back to that uh, that attitude of gratitude increases your fortitude. So, for me, for about the first eight years of my military career, I considered myself to be a follower that transitioned into a manager. I didn't consider myself to be a leader at all. There's a huge difference between the two, but that's another story. But uh in the process of going along that journey, it wasn't until my third deployment to Iraq that I realized the obligation that had been bestowed upon me. And as we get ready to board the plane and we get that last hour to spend with our family, one of my soldiers introduced me to his family, like his literally his whole family, his wife, his kids, his mother, his father and his mother uh, and his mother. And as we're standing there talking, he just speaking so highly about me, about everything that I was able to influence him and impact him in some type of way. And it just gave me a sense of purpose. It gave me a sense of work, you know, and uh, his mother pulled me to the side and she said, thank you. And please bring my son back home safe for her to share that with me to like bestow her obligations as a parent onto me. It really gave me a sense of like, man, you ain't got nothing to do but just react. I had so much self-doubt. I had so much uh inner critic going on. I had that fear that I couldn't do it, that I wasn't capable of being a leader. I really found myself in a position where I was holding myself back from fulfilling the obligations and requirement that I was capable of doing. But it was just about that stigma of me failing if I wasn't able to bring this person back, if I wasn't able to lead these soldiers where they needed to do and train them and, and teach them how to go. I was just going with the motions of everything that was going on. But by having that sense of, of gratitude just gave me the fortitude, the, the tenacity, the, uh, you know, the, the don't quit. Uh, I, the soldier creed pop up in my head. I will never set the feet. I will never quit. When that popped up in my, it, it just resonated with me so much to the point that I knew I had to make it happen. I knew I had to bring the soldier back. I knew I had to fulfill my obligations as a leader. I knew I had to take charge and do what I had to do in order to come back. So that was an opportunity where I had to look fear in his eyes and say, you will not get the best of me. I'm going to take charge of this organization and we're going to make things happen and we're going to come back home safe. So that's uh, uh, an opportunity for me where gratitude and me having to step up to the plate and have to put in that courage. Love it, man. Powerful stuff. Love it. Brandy, bring us home. Well, yeah, so everybody's really touching on the same kind of thing. And I have a story to go along with that in regards to fear. And so probably eight, nine years ago, I met a man who I developed a very close friendship with. And I, I just found him very valuable to have in my life. And we connected on a more intimate way and, and had a relationship. But after a while, what I started to realize was that um, it, he wasn't my kind of forever person, you know, he wasn't the person that I was going to spend the rest of my life with. However, I met someone through him that was, 
And what I had to do was tell this person that I really thought was a valuable person in my life that I wanted to kind of get to know someone better that he met, that he introduced me to. Well, that didn't sit well with him, not at all. And so he was very angry, not, not happy with that. And I saw the relationship kind of falling apart before my eyes. I knew I was going to lose this person, not only as a partner, but also as a friend. And that scared me. That, that brought up a lot of fear in me because I really found him valuable in my life. But when I replaced the fear of loss, kind of like with your dad, you know, kind of like Sylvester, kind of like George, like when you replace the fear of what you're not going to have, what's not working or whatever, with gratitude, what are the gains instead of the losses of this interaction and this relationship or this experience? Everything changes, right? So not only what did I shift that and just put my gratitude in the place of fear, but I developed a sense of, wow, this is bigger than just this little bitty experience here. This is like something that can change my life. And while I did lose the friendship and the relationship in that person, I gained a husband. So, <laughs> so in that way, it was totally worth it, 100%. But at the same time, every time I think of that person in my life now, I think, wow, I'm so grateful for him. And because he came into my life, I have a loving family now. I, had a, I have a four-year-old girl now. I have a supportive, healthy relationship in my husband. And I think if we can practice that more often, what are the gains instead of the losses from this experience or this person or this relationship? It just changes everything. Yes, absolutely. See, that goes back to what I was saying about finding the teachable moments. Like that that person served his purpose, you know? Like when you actually step back and you look at it, he served his purpose. There was there was um, a woman I went to high school with. I, I hadn't seen her in decades. And so now I donated, donated a kidney to my sister in 2011. So I think this was 2014, I want to say. She saw something I posted online about, about my sister and her brother had gone into kidney failure and she was in testing to, do to donate the kidney to, to him. So she, she ended up joining my gym and, you know, we're, I'm talking to her about the process, what I went through, the, you know, the recovery, was I scared at all? And so we went through, through that whole process and she got the sur surgery done. And then she moved to, I think she's in North, North Carolina, I want to say. <laughs> you know, so, so it's like she came back in for that moment. You know, and then it's like, you know, we'll we'll say hi here and there, but that was the moment. So it, it was she was placed back with me to help get through that moment to save her brother. And then that moment has moved on. You know, so like some people would take that as, oh, well, they just use me for blah, blah, blah. I was like, but just think about that in their moment of need. They thought of you. <laughs> I was like so many people take that as such a negative thing. They're like, oh, they only called me because they, they needed fitness advice. Okay, good. They needed fitness advice. I'm not the only trainer on earth. And they thought of me. It's like, I'm actually thankful that they thought of me. You know, so I want to close out round two by saying, once we realize that life is so much bigger than you, <laughs> you know, and that's why I can talk about my, 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 you know, my dad's passing because he went the way he wanted to. Like he didn't want to be a hundred years old and having a walker and having oxygen. And, and I'm not dissing anyone that's in that position, but he said it 
I mean, God, I remember in his in his 40s, in his 50s, in his 60s, in his 70s, he always said when he can't build anymore, that's when his time on this earth earth is done. And the last thing he did before going to the hospital was he and my son fixed my mom's car. He went to the hospital the next day to have a very, a very risky surgery because he was in stage four heart failure. So we knew we were going to lose him at some point. But if this surgery was successful, we could get two to five more, more years. And, and he didn't hesitate when we were in the family meeting. He's like, do it. And, you know, my mom's like, are you sure? He's like, I heard what he said. <laughs> He's like, do it. <laughs> and so, so we went ahead with it. And, you know, there were, co- there were complications. He went into a coma. And we and we lost them. But but the thing is, is like where the gratitude kicks in was that they were able to unsedate him enough to where he was coherent. Like he had tubes all in his throat and stuff. So like we couldn't talk, but he could shake his head. Yes, he could shake his head. No. And so like my mom's asking him, are you in pain? And he's like, no. Well, first, can you hear me? He's like, yes. Like, are you in pain? He's like, he's like, no. And they had a conversation before the surgery that if it got to a point to where we had to end care, like he, he gave her the green light. He's like, don't hesitate. And so in his final moments, I'm going to get emotional again, but like my mom takes out a phone and she played their song. And so she's rubbing his head and she's singing this song to him. There were three generations of us that were there. So it was his, his wife, it was his kids, grandkids, right? So there were three generations there and we all got to say goodbye Tell him we love him, you know, tell him how much he meant to us. And then, you know, they ended care and then, then we watched him move on. And but there are people that just get a phone call. Hey, so-and-so passed away. And they're just like smacked in the face with a frying pan with that news. And so like where I could be thankful was that we got to have that moment. Fast forward, like um, I don't I think it was Sylvester who mentioned March of 2020. Like, fast forward, say he say he survived five more months. He would have been alone, you know, like we wouldn't have been able to have a funeral for him. Like we wouldn't have been able to have that last moment of saying goodbye with him. So we we would have been robbed of that moment. He would have been robbed of that ending. Let me tell you, I'm jealous of that ending. You know what I mean? So like when my time comes, I hope I can have my kids and my grandkids and hopefully great grandkids around to, to have that that final goodbye. So like I can sit back and be and be thankful that we were able to have that moment and that he was able to have that moment. You know how many people died alone last year? You know what I mean? So I I look at it that way and I can talk about it, you know, from a place of gratitude. All right. So we're going to get ready to bring it home. All right. So Andrew, this is your moment. You got five minutes to shine. Whatever you want, want to share, whatever you want to pitch, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Floor is yours. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll start this before seeing how people get in touch. Really quick, I just want to shine a spotlight for people watching because the message of gratitude here. <clears throat> Without trying to be a sob story, everybody on this panel communicated hardship, but also <clears throat> in their own way, everybody on this panel is thriving and enjoying life. So I just want to shine a spotlight on on the wonderful example that everyone's here in hopes that viewers will really connect like, wow. For, through all the challenges, trials, and tribulations, people are using gratitude. They're using their approach or using their mindset in order to make sure that this life is not wasted. Having the right perspective on how things play out and the timing of things. Having the right understanding of people being in their life, not being in their life. 
uh, challenges. And again, thank you, George and Sylvester, for your service. Challenges in, in those areas, like <clears throat> really amazing. So I just wanted to shine a, a spotlight on that. Um, this inspires me today. And I wonder how I'm going to implement this and stuff that I do. Like, for example, again, to say what I do, I, I've got a YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Andrew Cap. Um, it's basically <laughs> all in support of, of the law of attraction content I teach. And um, if anyone wants to check out the book, they can simply go to lastlawofattractionbook.com, which will auto forward to the listing on Amazon. It's audiobook, it's print, it's Kindle, it's it's anything you want. But uh, again, Robert, I'm just like, thank you for for having me here. Thank you for, and I mean, we didn't know, I didn't know it was going to be this kind of day, but like what a significant day. I, I really truly feel honored and privileged that you would invite me on the panel today on, on such a significant moment for you. So, so thank you to you. Thank you for everyone on the panel. And, and thanks to everyone that's watching today. Um, if you're watching this today, it means that you are on a path to something better. And that doesn't mean that you're not already on an awesome path. It just means please be grateful because that will help invite more into your life faster, easier, better, in a more vibrant, more fulfilling way. So just want to say thank you to everyone. I really appreciate it being here. Love it. And I just want to piggyback on your words really quickly because opportunities are all around us. But when you're looking at life through a lens of gratitude, you're able to see them, you know. So yes. just to just to add that that extra bit to what you you just said, because that's the problem when when we when people are wallowing in the stresses and the struggles of life, you got the opportunity right here, saying "Bing, Bing, Bing, I'm right here," but you're so focused in the struggle that you don't see it. Yeah, and it's not to say that those struggles are not important or significant. It's just to yeah. say, what can you do constructively about it? given the fact that they are significant. Yeah. Why allow yourself to be stuck down one path when you can strategically go down another that <clears throat> you will enjoy your life so much more? Yep, so so true. Well, thank you again for joining us. I, I know I know you got to ha have a hard out, so I just wanted to take, take the time and say thank you. I'm sure, I don't want to speak for the others, but I'm sure everyone took something away from, from your time being here. And as always, I'm sure we're going to cross paths again. Please uh, reach out anytime, Robert. So grateful to know you and grateful to be connected with everyone else today. Awesome, man. Thank you. Right. Dave, you're up. Well, I, I would echo what Andrew just said, that I feel so honored to be amongst this panel today and, and honored that you would even think to invite me to be part of this, that uh, this is a real honor. And as you and our first uh get together. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that, that particular podcast. It was just a, I told my wife, I said, well, this guy, Robert and I, we could have gone on for three or four hours. <laughs> yeah, <we could've. laughs> it, was, it was a delight, but uh, I just want to uh, say a message to those that are watching hopefully and, and have gotten the message out of all this uh, attitude of gratitude discussion and so forth. And, and I want to encourage people to, you know, look into these folks books, you know, they've, we've, they've said their things today kind of in a, in a, a, a capsule, but you need to probably dive deeper into what they're saying in their, their books. They've, they've spent lots of hours of time putting their thoughts and their messages down in writing. And so it's worth following up on, on those. And, and that was my purpose in writing my book. Uh, the, uh, the touched by the music book was I wanted to make sure that these encouraging and inspiring stories, which I've told for years, you know, and you, you know, when you get invited to speak or whatever, you tell all these stories and people said, well, you all write a book. Well, I did finally. So, but those stories hopefully resonate with somebody and will provide them. And maybe just that, 
you know, like George, like, like that one message you got from one person that changed your life. You know, and all, I think about all of us can probably look back to one person or one message, one teacher, one friend or something that had such a strong influence on your life that really made you stop and think, oh, well, I need to go in this direction instead of that direction. And so I'm hoping that what I'm saying in my book with some of these stories will do the same thing. And I know that uh, I, I hope that if, <laughs> if anybody reads my book and doesn't go listen to the music of Rachel's song, there must be something wrong with you because I think <laughs> the curiosity surely will kick in and say, well, what does this song actually sound like? But it is a song with no words. So it, it can be heard by anybody in any language, any country. And for some reason, this song reaches into the deeply into the souls of people that hear it. And I've got over 50,000 letters from people all over the world telling me how my music has touched their life. In many cases, uh, one person was actually in a in an iron lung and he wrote me a, a little tiny little note. It was only about two sentences. And he said, uh, I listened to your music to drown out the, the thumping and whatever of the pump that, that makes, that allows me to breathe. And he said, your music brought me back to life twice. So, you know, when I get a letter, a note like that, I, I cannot ignore the inspirational aspect of my music and the need to get it out to more and more people. And I'm not just trying to sell my music or whatever. I really feel strongly that God gave me this song, Rachel's song for a reason. And he wants my, the rest of my job, since he gave it to me, he wasn't finished with me. He says, all right, now your job is to get that message and that song out to all the people that need to hear it. And so I would encourage people to go. You can go, first of all, you can go to my website, which is a good place to start, but it's just combsmusic.com, C-O-M-B-S-music.com. And there you'll find links that if you, if you click on my book, it'll take you right over to Amazon where you can buy the book. Or if you click on my, the CD cover, it'll take you right over to where you can see how to buy the, the CD. If you, if you still have a CD player, but, and most people can go on, you know, iTunes or Amazon.com and, and download the songs, or you can go on Spotify and say, you know, Hey, so-and-so play Dave Combs music or play Rachel's song. And sure enough, it'll start playing my song. So uh, I just want to encourage people to go to go to my YouTube channel. It's called Combs Music is my channel name, C-O-M-B-S-M-U-S-I-C, all run together. But I have tons of videos because I'm also a photographer. I love beautiful pictures of flowers and scenery and landscapes. And I've taken my photography and my music and married them together and made a lot of music videos with my music in the background. And the scenery is just spectacular. So go there and, and spend some time on YouTube and enjoy the, the, the scenery and the music as well. And um, it's just, uh, I'm just feel so honored that during this last year, I got off my duff and wrote this book and now I see what it's doing and I'm without a whole lot of advertising, except on podcasts like this, the book has become a, a, a top seller on Amazon and continues to do well. So I, I think there's a message there for me and for other people that, Maybe I did the right thing, and I would just encourage you to uh, to, to do that. And, and by the way, if anybody buys my book and wants an autographed copy, all you have to do is send me an email at dave at combsmusic.com and your name, and I will mail to you a specially printed 
plate that you can stick inside the front cover of your book. And I'll write you a message to so-and-so and give you a little message and sign it and date it. And so just all I need is your name and is where, do, where do I mail it to? And you don't have to send me the book. Just, just send me your name and address and I'll send it back to you. So that's and because I've had a lot of people say, wow, I've got about 10 people I want to give this book to for Christmas or for the holidays. And so that works for me. Just send me the 10 names. I'll do all 10 of them, mail it back to you and off you go. You've got your 10 gifts already prepared for Christmas. So anyway, it's Robert, it's been a pleasure to be on here with all these fine folks. And uh, it's hopefully an inspirational day. And we are all grateful to you for all you do for all of us and all of mankind. Thank you. Pre appreciate that. Before we go, we go to George, uh, so I just want to piggyback off of something that Dave just said about, you know, well, maybe I am doing the right thing. Uh, so I got, I got a, a postcard here where someone says, you know, thank you for all that you do because of you. Life is better in so many ways for so many people. Mm. You know, and it's like in hearing hearing things like that, where it's like, oh, I gotta I gotta respond to all these emails. Or, oh, I gotta call all these people. It's like just the grind that you go through on a daily basis. It's to get feedback like that. You know, that's what it's all about. So if you got something in your heart that can help other people, don't hesitate. Just get it started. Doesn't have to be perfect. You just have to start. It's like every day, every week, I'm tweaking different things within this podcast. Like from when I had Brandy on 120 episodes ago, it, things are flowing so much differently now than it was than it was back then. That doesn't mean your episode was any less powerful, but it just means that you know we're learning and growing with each. Even from when I had George on, which was like probably 40 episodes ago, things are still different now. Like always learning, evolving, and growing because we're we're, we're touching so many people in so many di different ways. Like. I'm ranked in the top 20 for podcasts in Indonesia. <laughs> you know, in Indonesia, like who would have thought? <laughs> and I'm ranking in Indonesia, in France, in India, in China. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow. <laughs> Absolutely unreal. So it's all about just getting started. All right, George, you're up. Wow, what an amazing story, uh, Robert. Hey, look, let me echo uh, what some of the other folks have actually said. Thank you for this amazing opportunity. Robert, thank you for showing wisdom and leadership to be able to pull folks like this together. I don't believe in accidents, man. That's just not the way it is. I believe you know, our lives are definitely orchestrated. And there are folks within the listening audience, man. I'm grateful to them for, for, for plugging in, and I'm hoping that they'll take some of these nuggets of wisdom by which these people's lives have actually, I'm actually showing. So, um, you know, I'm reminded of who was it? was Denzel Washington, right? You know, he said that um, um, people are always focused on his success. And, you know, he's been asked multiple times. I mean, hey, how did you become so successful? He says, well, you know, I did some some basic things. He says that, you know, the first thing that you've got to believe that you can become successful. A lot of people don't believe it. They just they say it, but they don't really believe it. Right. So yeah. we've gotten used to just just listening and and mouthing what other people say. But he says, look, first thing you got to do is you got to believe it. Right. He said, the second thing that you got to do, you got to focus. I mean, it's like laser light focus, not just say, look, you know, name and claim it sort of thing, but focus on the kinds of things that it requires for you to become successful. You must believe you must focus. Then he says that, you know, look, even if I'm a, a perfect world, right, the, the kinds of things that you have to do, I mean, you have to work hard. I mean, you really have to really, really work hard. And for me, that fourth nugget, right, no matter whether you have, you know, 
uh, the perfect faith, the perfect life, or whatever the case may be. You can believe, you can work hard, you can focus, but you still got to fail. In order to become successful, mm -hmm. you must walk through the doorway of failure. Not going to happen any other way, right? So if that is indeed the case, let's have fun doing it. Let's learn, right, in the process. See, it's not always about win, win, win. There's no such thing as win, 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 right? Because at some point you're going to fail. But it's not the failure that matters. It's how we respond to that failure. I come up with a formula. The formula is simply this, F plus RR equals S. For those military-minded people, that's Foxtrot plus Romeo, Romeo equals Sierra. That's failure plus right response equals what? Success. So failure is really the greatest resource man we have on the planet. Trust me, dude. Look, I am hugely. I should have a PhD in failure. <laughs> because, but... In that failure, man, I have learned so much. Bill Gates, Oprah Winfrey, right? Elon Musk, Thomas Edison, all said this. They learned way more from their failures than they ever did from their successes. This is who we are as a people. The problem is that when it comes to the failure thing, we've been inundated with this negativity, right? And that is not the way in which it was designed to be, in my view. If you change that mindset to see failure, but what it could be, man, you can go from where you are to where you're supposed to be. If you want to get a hold of my book, you can go to Amazon. The title of the book is Failure is Not the Problem. It's the beginning of your success. That's uh, Amazon. My website, Robert, is www.georgeamilton.com, www.georgeamilton.com. Thank you again, Grant, my friend, for this amazing opportunity uh, to, to visit with you, to meet some high-speed panelists. I've taken copious notes. I'm going to be reaching out, man, and getting some of their, uh, their material and just learning even more from this. But again, thanks, everyone, for this opportunity. My pleasure, George. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I love that. You know, what pe people don't understand about failure, that's where experience comes from. Having experience means you've made all the mistakes already or most of the mistakes already because no, nobody makes all of them. But that's how, how you get experience. Then just like how, like I said earlier, that's how you get courage. Like You, you can't have courage without the presence of fear. And I was like, that's what makes it courageous. Because it's like, I'm scared like crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yeah. so the two go hand in hand. All right. Brandy, you ready? Oh, I'm sorry, Sylvester. Yeah. I, I, lied. I lied, Sylvester, my bad. <laughs> I saw that look on your face. I'm like, uh. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Robert, for the opportunity again. It's phenomenal to be out here with all everybody that's on the on the panel currently right now. Uh, for me, uh, you can go to my website at SylvesterJenkins.com. Uh, when you go into this website, you will also have the opportunity to download a free ebook on nine ways to develop mental toughness. Uh, also, you can go on uh, Amazon and and uh, see my book, Winning the Battle Within, because you can't win the war in the world if you can't win the battle on your mind. So what I do, I'm an author, professional speaker, and mental health advocate. I help lives to thrive instead of survive. Uh, what I do, I help the next generation to become resilient leaders that triumph in life. So if you ever are looking for a speaker or just want to know more about me, just go to my website. You can find out more about me. And I'd love to hear from anybody who is interested in what I do. Uh, thank you again to all the panelists. I feel like I can connect with each and every one of you some type of way. Dave, I'm in the middle Tennessee area, so I can relate. I know where you're from. George, again, thank you for your service. And uh, 
I salute you in everything that you're doing currently. Brandy, hey, I went down that dark path for dealing with relationships, and I love what you're doing as far as bringing other people's life. So I appreciate every each and every one of you. Robert, it's always a pleasure. Uh, thank you again for just allowing me this opportunity. It's really humbling, especially on the day of your father's passing. So I greatly, greatly appreciate you and my condolences to you and your family. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Said a lot. Yeah, no, this it was such a hard decision because like I told you guys backstage, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I gotta move the date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then nope. The universe said, uh-uh, you're busy that day. You're gonna go back here and you're gonna do what you train other people to do is to face being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? And so like I keep talking about about people finding finding the powerful moments, finding the teachable moments, and just embracing it. And so, again, thank you all for for joining me on this day. But we got one more. Brandy, it's on you. Thank you so much, Robert. Gosh, thanks, all of you. We're going to walk away today just feeling amazing with all this gratitude being thrown our way, aren't we? So how cool. Maybe we should do this at least once a week. I don't know, Robert. We'll have to think about that. Um, So, (laughs) and you know, thank you so much for sharing that about your father and being being able to step to your edge of uncomfortability because without without feeling uncomfortable we can't grow like that's that's the truth right so i really appreciate you for sharing that with your dad and and i gotta tell you i i love your dad's energy you know i get i get information and energy from photographs and just looking at your dad's photographs i have to tell you you know i could definitely feel that he was just so grounded in who he was and what he was here to do and then passing that on to you what a gift what an incredible gift so thank you for sharing that with us. It was really, really special. And thanks all of you for, for all you've contributed today. It's been amazing being here and experiencing this with all of you. And George, what you said is so encouraging to me because I fail a lot, like a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I really appreciate the encouraging words me about too. failure. <laughs> And I'm definitely going to reach out to all of you because uh, I have an internet TV podcast called Beyond the Edge. I'm the host for that, and I have an co- amazing co-host, and we'd lo- I'd love to have all of you on. You just have amazing stories. And our, our, our uh, platform is health and wellness, energy medicine, and spirituality. I just You just can't get any better than that, right? And all of you bring that to the table. So I'm definitely going to reach out to everyone here. I'm also an intuitive life coach. So what I do is I help people just figure out what their most empowering skills are. And we hone in on that. We take it up a notch, actually a hundred notches. And then we help people just step out of their own way. And the, you know, the thing where I was talking about earlier about how in, um, in gratitude, if you have these barriers like anger, unforgiveness, shame, blame, uh, resentment, people don't know that we can actually get rid of those like in an instant. It's like, you, you know, we hold on to these things and we harbor them for a long time. But trauma creates some some things that our body and our minds just go, ah, I can't let go of that. But with the right tools you can let it go instantaneously. And that's what I really love about what I do. It doesn't take a bunch of crying. And, you know, I love your show, uh, Robert, Shut Up and Grind, because I'm just, I'm not into that kind of like, let's just, you know, cry forever and get it all out. I'm like, look, you've suffered enough. Let's just, let's just get rid of it and move on. And most people really, really want that and love that. So that's pretty much what I'm about. My website is brandydeutsch.com. 
just my name. And, you know, I'm, I'm just open to people just reaching out and saying, hey, what do you think about this? And I have this problem about that. I just I really love connecting with people. Um, the other thing that I have going on, I have a new show coming up and it's called Impossible Conversations. And so through our production company, uh, what basically we're going to have a, another show, Internet Podcast TV, where we bring people together with opposing views on very controversial subjects, because it seems like it's been very difficult for people to talk about certain things lately. So what we would love to do is to create a safe and um you know, healing environment for people to come together and connect. Um, there's a lot of potential for those uncomfortable feelings, Robert. But I've been facilitating healing circles and gatherings for a really long time as a yoga instructor, meditation teacher for over 20 years and a healer for, you know, even longer than that. I really know how to help people kind of bring down their emotions, neutralize those and come together together in a way that is productive, that helps us connect to one another. Yes. And my and my final thing is I just want to give a tip to those who are struggling with gratitude, who know that they have those obstacles. And it's so simple. It's just to be able to look up, to go outside and look up to the heavens. And when we do that, there's this innate mechanism in the brain that triggers interconnectedness, the feeling of interconnectedness. And we're all capable of that feeling. And when we look up to the heavens and the cosmos, the gratitude is actually embedded in that feeling. So I just want to leave everybody with that tip today. Thank you again so much for having me on and for being a part of this. I'm, I, I'm, I'm just honored to be in, in the company of such amazing people. Thank you so much, Robert. Awesome. That was great, Randy. Yeah. And so obviously, you know, if you need someone on either show, I got you, right? Because I actually do one. With my daughter, although we're kind of slacking, we haven't done one in a while, but it's called We Buy to Get Deep. It's with myself and my 19-year-old daughter. And same thing, we take tough topics and we, we have rational discussions about it. Because th there, there's enough debate shows where people scream and yell at each other and it, it, they, know, they end up acting like teenagers. It's like, no, it's like we can it's like we can talk about race and be civil. We can talk about sexism and be, be civil. We can talk about abortion and be, and be civil. And, I, and at the end of the day, it's like, okay, you like M&Ms. I like Snickers. Cool. <laughs> you know, like it's, a, it's that simple. But, but people let their, let their emotions get in the way because they don't have that emotional. I, I call it emotional control. You know, like you have to be able to control it, command it. And any which way, that's another episode for another day. So in wrapping up today's, today's again, it's all about it's all about, about gratitude, but not in that stereotypical way. It's like, yes, you want to be be grateful for what you have, but be even more grateful for the power you possess. Because everybody has a certain level of power. Like no matter what is, you know, Dave's healing through music, George's healing through reframing failure. You know, Sylvester is helping out. You know, as a mental health advocate and advocating for veterans. Oh, George, you're advocating for veterans. And so, like, all of us have our little our little niche. You know, like an Andrew with his law of attraction. And you know, unfortunately, we didn't have, have Katie, but with her with her talk on energy, like like she's she speaks with so much power. Like it really sucked that she wasn't here, but we still rocked it out, though. You know. So again, thank you all for taking the time. And yeah, we can definitely collaborate again in the future because i plan on doing these monthly so sometimes twice twice a month but at least monthly so the next one's gonna be 
December 4th. So, of course, it's in the spirit of Christmas, but we're going to be talking more so about January, how people set these big, lofty January resolutions and then by January 18th are off the wagon already. So we're going to talk about how to set, you know, how to cast the vision, how to actually see it and feel it. So kind of what George, George was saying, I always tell people you have to see it, you have to feel it, then you'll be able to believe it, then you can do it. You know, you have those four things in alignment because people just say, all right, next year I'm going to lose 20 pounds. It's like you just said it. It's like you didn't, you didn't see it. Like, what is that going to do for you? You know, say I can see myself wearing, whether it's a, a certain pant size or whether it's performing, you know, I'm going to run a 5K, like wh- wh- whatever it is, you got to close your eyes and picture that moment. You know, it's like picture crossing that finish line, receiving your, your, your medal, you know, picture being on a beach in a two piece and feeling comfortable. You know, like there's, there's, so, there's so many different things, directions it can go, but whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, what is it going to do? Like when I think about speaking, I think about when, when the world fully opens again is I want to hear music playing. I want to walk out onto a stage and just feel the energy of thousands of people. It's like, that's what drives me. So every time, even doing my podcast, when I'm doing my, my intro, I picture that energy. Like I'm walking onto a stage and there's thousands of people waiting to hear what I have to say. Like it gives me goosebumps just talking about it. You know, so like that's what that's what would drive me. So that show is going to be about helping people get that feeling so they can actually accomplish that thing that they want to accomplish next next year. So, again, thank you all for joining. This has been a great look at 115 on the dot. And uh, like I said, yeah, hope, hopefully we'll, we'll get together, do this all again. And for, for those watching, if this is your first time hearing of them, go back to my podcast, right, wherever you get your podcast and find their individual episodes, because all of them were awesome. That's why they're a part of the all-star panel. <laughs> so go back and you know, check out that full episode, hear what they have to say, go to their web, go to their websites, get their books, you know, whatever they're offering, get it. Because <laughs> right? again, this is all for you. So again, thank you guys very much, and we're signing off. Take care. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com. Next time, shut up.